Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. This is the story of the most important year in the life of Blessed Catherine Labouré. In revolution-torn France in the year 1876, Sister Catherine Labouré of the Sisters of Charity fell peacefully into her last sleep. She was a nun of 70, her face heavily scored by lines of pity, her hands calloused by menial work. For almost half a century, she had nursed the sick, worked in the community kitchen, or tended the chickens that the sisters thriftily cherished. Yet, like Bernadette of Lourdes, Catherine had had a great experience that set her apart from the majority of humankind. She herself died, convinced that she had seen and talked with the Queen of Heaven. And later events seemed to place the seal of truth on her belief. The year 1830, when she was 24. In January of that year, in a girls' school in Paris... Oh, Catherine, I've just heard. Are you really going to the convent? Well, I'm really going to join the Sisters of Charity, Marie. I, I was going to tell you myself. How did you hear it? One of the other girls told me. Your sister-in-law told her. She thinks it's wonderful. Well, I don't. I want to cry. The school won't seem the same without you. I don't know what I'll do. You'll make other friends, Marie. I don't want any other friends. I just want you. Why don't you stay here with us? I only came here in the first place because my father wanted me to see something of life in the city before I made my final choice and because my brother's widow offered me a place here. But I'm no scholar, Marie. You know how stupid I am at all my studies. You're not stupid. Catherine, I won't have you say you're stupid. I haven't even learned to write properly. I'm strong and I can take care of the sick. I can work. But the convent. My father says that the convent... My father doesn't understand, dear. 
Ever since I was a child, I've... I wanted to be a sister of charity, and now at last my father's consented. But what made you want to do it, Catherine? Perhaps I shouldn't tell you, Marie. Do, please. Aren't we friends? Haven't you been the only friend I've had since I came here? Don't you trust me? Of course I do. Well, perhaps if I do tell you my secret, you, you'll feel better about my going. You see, a long time ago, I had a very strange dream. I dreamt that I was in a church just at the end of Mass. And the priest finished at the altar and turned to leave the sanctuary. And he looked at me. I knew he wanted to speak to me, but I was frightened and tried to run away. And you did run away? You know how you do in a dream. I tried to run, but I couldn't. And then all at once, I I wasn't in church anymore. I was taking care of a sick man, and suddenly I saw that the sick man was the priest. And he said to me, you do well to nurse the sick. You wanted to run away from me just now, but one day you'll be happy to come to me. Our Lord wants you to work for him. Do not forget. What happened then? Then the dream faded. But when I came to Paris, I went to the hospital of the Sisters of Charity, and in the parlor hung a picture of a priest. It was the priest in my dream. It was the founder of the Order of St. Vincent de Paul. So, then I felt sure my calling was a true one. And St. Vincent wanted me as one of his sisters of charity. It's what I've wanted to do for a long time, Marie. It's the one place in the world where I'll be really happy. Catherine entered the mother house of the order on the Rue de Bac in Paris. After that, she was sent wherever she might be needed to work with the older sisters in the hospitals or the slums. One day, her spiritual advisor, Father Alladell, heard from her lips a strange story. You tell me that three times you've had a vision of our Vincent de Paul. You saw that he was saddened by the trouble that would come to his beloved France. Also, once that our Lord appeared to you in the Blessed Sacrament. That's true, my father. You know what men of the world would say of such visions? I suppose they would not believe them. They would say they were pictures called up by your own imagination. But I'm not quite ready to say that. Our minds work differently. The mind of a mystic receives ideas in the form of such pictures. But that is not to say that the pictures in themselves have any great significance. You understand what I mean, my child? I think so, my father. Then will you do as I advise you and forget all about them? Do you mean that they're wrong, my father? No, no. Not wrong, exactly. Certainly nothing for which you need blame yourself. But uh, I don't think it wise that you should dwell on them. Dismiss them from your mind now. Think no more about them. I shall do as you say, my father. I... I mean, I will try. That evening, Catherine, listening to an instruction by the Mother Superior, felt a conviction growing in her heart. She believed she had seen our Lord, 
visibly present that day at Mass, then might it not be possible that she might also see Our Lady? She had always felt great devotion to her. Whatever Father Aladell thought of her visions, she felt certain that she would be granted her heart's desire. Later that night, in her cell, she was comforted by this faith and fell asleep. Afterwards, she testified to Father Aladell. I woke and saw a child standing beside my bed. The child spoke. Catherine? Catherine? Catherine, come to the chapel. The Blessed Virgin awaits you. The child was very beautiful. Face and figure clearly visible in the darkness, as if from an inner light. My thought, which I didn't speak, was that any of the sisters seeing me go to the chapel at that hour might think it strange. Although I had not spoken the word, the child answered them. Do not be uneasy. It is half past eleven. Everyone is asleep. Come. I am waiting for you. We went along the corridor, the child bearing always to my left. When we reached the chapel, I was surprised to find it brightly lighted as if for a high mass. The child led the way to the sanctuary where I knelt while he stood near me. There was no one else in the chapel, and for a moment I felt keenly disappointed. And then, from above the altar, where there's a picture of St. Joseph and... Apparently, from near the picture, there came a soft rustling sound, and I saw a lady descend the steps from the altar. I hesitated. There is the Blessed Virgin. I realized then that there was a chair before me, and the lady seated herself in this chair while I knelt at her feet, my hands resting on her knees. My child, the good God wishes to charge you with a mission. Then she spoke of trouble that would soon come to France and to the church. Some of what she said was for me alone and cannot be repeated. What was this mission? I didn't know my father. Suddenly she was gone. Only the child remained and led me through the corridor to the door of my cell again, the child walking on my left as before. At the door, I I realized that he'd left me. The clock struck. I returned to bed. Then again, on the 27th of November, we'd just finished our meditation and were kneeling in our places in the chapel. It was complete silence, and again I heard the soft, rustling sound... I looked up, and there was the same marvelously beautiful woman who'd visited me before. She wore the same white silk gown, high in the neck with plain sleeves and a white veil that fell to her feet. In her hand, she held a globe surmounted by a small golden cross. Each of her fingers was adorned with three rings set with beautiful flashing stones, whose brilliance made rays of bright light. Her eyes rested on me, and 
And then... The ball which you see represents the entire world, especially France. And each person in particular. These rays symbolize the favors which I shed on those who ask for them. The globe then disappeared, and the hands were extended in a gesture of gracious welcome. A panel of oval shape formed around the figure, and around it I made out the words, O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Those were the exact words? Yes, my father, I'm, I'm certain. Did you know that there has been a difference of opinion in the church for centuries? as to whether or not the mother of our Lord was born without stain of original sin. I'm not a scholar, my father. I, I know nothing of theology. Child, those words, Mary conceived without sin. Is it possible our lady herself wishes the controversy settled, has taken this means of telling us so? Then you do not bid me to forget this vision? I dare not. Was there more? There was much more. The lady spoke. Have a medal struck on this model. All those who wear it with confidence will receive great favor. Then it was as if the oval panel turned and I saw the other side. On the other side was a letter M, surmounted by a cross with a bar at its base. Beneath the M were two hearts, one encircled by a crown of thorns and the other pierced by a sword. Her son's heart and her own remember Simeon's words to her. Thy own soul a sword shall pierce. No, Catherine, I cannot desist this vision as a product of your own imagination. Now, when irreligion is the order of the day in France and those who believe are undergoing persecution, no, no, it's all too logical, too timely. The world, and our France in particular, is starving for a new revelation from on high. Now, Our Lady bids you give to the world those words. Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us. Most remarkable. Yes, my father. The child. Who did you think the child might be, Catherine? The child didn't tell me its name, but I thought it was my guardian angel come to walk visibly beside me into the presence of the Queen of Angels. Oh, my father, I'm so thankful that you've not forbidden me to think of this experience. I couldn't bear to forget it, beauty. Did you see her again? Yes. Once more. She came up third and last time, my father. There's not much of what she said that I can repeat to you, but she will not come again. How do you know she won't come again? Her parting words were, My daughter, hereafter you will see me no more, but you will hear my voice in meditation. 
There were two things I was to tell you. She wishes the medal to be struck, and an altar to stand on the spot where she appeared, and from that altar every year an extra communion to be given to the members of the community. She wished you to tell me these two requests? They were her requests, my father. I'm only a simple sister of charity with nothing of my own in the world. I cannot execute them, so I've come to you. Since you have told me of the second vision, I have, I have been thinking. Perhaps, after all, this thing is too visionary to be readily accepted as true. Perhaps I was a little carried away by the story. But my father... I'm, uh, I'm not questioning your truthfulness, dear child. But it is only by careful searching for the truth in matters like this that, that we avoid being all too credulous. It will do no harm to wait until I have some other occasion to call on the archbishop to ask permission for the medal to be made, or the altar to be placed on the chapel. My father, you know best, of course. But she wishes it, and my father... Yes? You will not tell people that I've been given these visions, will you? Not if you ask me to keep your name secret. I do, my father. They might think that I was good enough to be worthy of such favors, and I'm not. Truly, I'm not. So ended that amazing year. But the story of the medal had only begun. Two years later, Father Aladell had occasion to visit the Archbishop of Paris. My lord, that is the story the sister told to me under a pledge of secrecy that I would not make public her name in connection with it. I have not spoken of it to you before because it seemed to me almost too visionary for credence. Lately, I have had occasion to wonder if my silence was entirely wise. What... Uh... What caused you to wonder, my son? For one thing, the sister tells me that she has heard the voice of Our Lady lamenting that her wishes have been disregarded. For another, much of my first enthusiasm over the tale has returned. Now that I have told you, the decision is in your hands. Then I will make it at once. We will have the medal made up immediately. I myself would like to possess some of the first copies made. Then, if the sister's revelation is in truth a revelation from on high, I do not think we should be left long in doubt of its validity. An artist was commissioned to design the medal. Two thousand copies were made and distributed. Meanwhile, Catherine had been transferred to a home for old men and women, where she worked hard, was loved for her gentleness and patience. One day... Oh, the pain has returned, Sister Catherine. It's like a fire raging here at my side. I'm sorry, Pierre. Perhaps if I lift you a little on the pillow. Oh, there. No, no, that's worse. Much worse. Well, then I'll lower your head again. Uh, there. There, is that uh, better? A little. Try to bear the pain bravely for our dear Lord's sake. And remember the greater pain he bore for you. You thought I didn't hear what the doctor said to you yesterday. But I did. In a few weeks, I shall die. Isn't that true, my sister? That's what the doctor said, Pierre. Yeah. And if he is right, you haven't much longer to lie here in pain. Oh, the doctor knows, my sister. Doctors make mistakes now and then, Pierre. God has power over all things, 
If you wish so much to live... No, it's... It's only for the sake of my children. You see, they're wild. They're wild, my children. It's only I who have influence with them. Oh, I see. So it... Oh, it seems to me I... I might be allowed to live until they're... Oh... Settled in life. Maybe that God will grant that wish of yours if you ask him. Now let's think of something else for a moment. I brought you a present. This little medal. Oh. Here's your reading glass. Yes. Now can you see the words around its edge? Yes, I think. Ah. Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Is this Our Lady on the medal, my sister? Yes, Pierre. Will you repeat that short prayer to her over and over? Think she'll hear you and help you. She's... She's very beautiful here, my sister. Yes. Yes, she is. So beautiful, Pierre. So gracious. So kind. And a few days later... It's amazing. Old Pierre seems well on the way to recovery. Does he, Doctor? I thought he seemed better. For the last three days, there's been a steady improvement. The old man may get well. What have you done to him, sister? Oh, I've done nothing, Doctor. I only gave him a medal like this when I'm wearing. A medal, eh? Yes, yes, I've heard something about a medal. Many people believe they... Well, that the medal may have helped them. They call it the miraculous medal. As a man of science, I should like to learn the whole story of it. I should like to talk to this sister who who had the vision. Do you suppose the Mother Superior could, could arrange an interview? That's not for me to say, Doctor. Yet, I don't believe that even our Mother Superior knows who the sister is. So the miraculous medal began its mission. The original supply of medals was quickly exhausted, and more and more were made. Soon, all over the world, those who were ill or troubled or sad turned pleading eyes to the gracious lady whose likeness the medal bore. Many were healed. Others received comfort in the knowledge that their suffering was part of God's great plan for them and courage to bear it patiently. Then came the year 1876. In the convent infirmary... You are not afraid to die, my dear sister Catherine. Afraid, my sister? Why should I be afraid? Only going to our Lord and his blessed mother. That is true. When you join them in heaven, will you beg them to have Pity on our dear France in this hour of trial and revolution. Oh, sister, sister, be assured that your request will receive attention.
want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymoor, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website, at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.